This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello, everybody. It's Linda Hall from 19 Cats and Counting. Rita and I are so interested in holistic ways to help our cats, and we've been looking tirelessly for many months for a real expert on cannabis and how we can help our cats with cannabis, and we have found him. Come back. Stay tuned right after the sponsored ad. We will have Dr. Tim Shu with us, and you do not want to miss this. We'll be right back. Here is an alarming statistic. More than two-thirds of dogs and cats have oral health disease by the age of three, and one of the indicators is bad breath. Do your pets have a healthy mouth? Do you cringe when it's time for a kiss or a snuggle? Let's get to the cause. Harmful bacteria in their mouth. And bad breath is just the start. The bad bacteria cause tartar and oral disease, which can lead to serious overall health problems. It's critical to make sure your pet's oral health is the best it can be, as good dental health is key to optimizing their overall health. Now, good news. It's easy and affordable to improve their oral health with ProBiora Pet. Just one scoop of this dental care probiotic mixed into their food daily floods the mouth with positive bacteria, which crowds out the bad. This means better oral health and fresher breath. Probiora Pet is an all-natural dental care probiotic. It's odor and taste-free, so your pets will still enjoy their chow. We want to keep your pets healthy. During National Pet Oral Health Month, our listeners can save 10%. Go to ProBioraPet.com and use PLR10 at checkout. That's ProBioraPet.com. Use PLR10 at checkout to save 10%. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to 19 Cats and Counting. I am your co-host, Linda Hall, here with my BFF slash business partner, the yin to my yang, the blonde blonde to my brunette. Yes, my husband refers to her as my wife. Yes, Rita Reimers. How are Uh, you, darling? I'm good, and Brian happily shares you with me. Those of you keeping count, 19 Cats and Counting is still at 18, 18 and holding, not taking in any more. I do have four seniors, so we do expect the number to lower soon. Ooh-hoo. We're going to get 19 together. But maybe, but maybe our guest today can help some of my seniors have a little I, life, right? Yeah, I guarantee. I am so stinking excited about finding Me not too. just an expert who would talk to us, but Dr. Shu, because when we spoke to him yesterday, he's so knowledgeable and I learned so much just from the pre-dealio. Yeah. And it's good I didn't publish your article on THC and CBD yet. It is we've learned. I was wrong from everything right. I read. Not everything, not everything, but, everything, but yes. Dr. Tim. Welcome, Dr. Shu. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for being here. We're so thrilled so, to have you here, of all, Dr. What's, we are. What started you in this area? Sure. So my background, uh, I practice in general emergency critical care medicine. I am a veterinarian. And for me, what we always need to be thinking about is how can we improve the state of medicine? And when I looked at cannabis, you know, there, there was a lot of progress 
for the human side of things, but there wasn't much going on in terms of animals. So I had to ask the question, is there a possibility that we could utilize cannabis medically for animals? Because quite frankly, we have a moral and ethical obligation as healthcare practitioners to explore it and to, to review it under a scientific lens, because if it has benefits and we really need to be able to present that information and be able to help provide access to the things that can improve the lives of these pets. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. And so many of us watch our pets suffer and we don't really know what to do. I think I mentioned to you yesterday, I had a cat that had cancer. He was on morphine for pain. You know, after a while, he didn't even really want to take the morphine, but, you know, kind of zoned him out. And I didn't want that for his last months of life, but I wanted him to be comfortable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in talking about things, I know that cannabis language is very, very tricky. I've gotten into the human world of it and there are just so many hurdles to jump and things that you can say and can't say so i know that you can't officially at this point in time something we need to work for give a prescription say okay you're this is happening this will help it here's this but I, you mentioned the other day an acronym pain for things that we can look at that cannabis may have shown to be helpful for was that worded okay what was that it was pain was the acronym can you explain that yeah, so the acronym is PAINS, so it's spelled P-A-I-N-S. And the reason why I came up with this acronym, because I wanted to be able to help people understand what the, the scientific literature, what the medical literature has shown cannabis to be beneficial for thus far. And this isn't to say that it's limited to just these things, uh, but it is the things that we have the most evidence for in terms of what's in the literature and then also in terms of what the practitioners out there are seeing. So that pains, it spells P-A-I-N-S and it stands for pain, anxiety, inflammation, nausea and appetite loss, and also seizures. And again, it's not limited to those things, but that's just what we have the most evidence for right now. Anxiety is a big thing we see a lot in our cat behavior practice at Cat Behavior Alliance. So we're hopeful that this will become a, a mainstream option that we can tell our clients about. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's actually one of the, the things that, that affects a lot of animals, quite frankly. People understand that uh, you know stress and anxiety has become part of our everyday lives in modern society. And that, in many ways, gets reflected off of us and it gets projected onto our animals. Um, you know, animals do, uh, they, they can feel that stress and anxiety in the people around them and their owners. Sure. Um, and, and they can get stressed out and they can feel anxious from that as well. In addition to other things that can typically cause them anxiety or stress, you know, things like uh, noise from fireworks, uh, construction noises, things like that. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think there's a client that we've had yet with a cat that hasn't had anxiety. I mean, yeah, maybe the root problem is that the new cat came in the house and they're aggressive toward each other, whatever, but there's an anxiety there because this new cat has come in and encroached on my territory and maybe my resources are, are. So while we're attacking the problem, we're always looking for a way to attack anxiety. And we've really struggled to find holistic products that work, that the cats will consume. I mean, it's all great that it works and you can get it and it's holistic, but if you put it in the food and then the cat won't eat it, or, you know, whatever, or the cat won't eat those calming chews, then you're kind of right. in trouble. Right. So <laughs> we're always looking for something that we can recommend to our clients that will really help. But in working with 
human use of cannabis, I have found that, you know, like I don't trust anything that doesn't come from my dispensary and we're seeing CBD pop up all over. I remember I kind of likened it to when essential oils became the big craze. And then, you know, the big box stores started carrying the essential oils and everybody said those, you know, you could buy them from the company, the pure essential oil for a hundred bucks, or you could buy them at Wally World for 20 bucks. So of course everybody wanted to spend 20 bucks and they were like, no, that's not the the pure grade, the natural. So if we are choosing something like this for our pets, I'm assuming there's lab testing done. I know you founded a company, Dr. Shu, to um, help provide these products for us. What do we need to be looking for when we're doing this? Um, what kind of testing goes into it? Are there people putting lesser products out? I know we discussed the difference between the spectrums versus isolate. Can you explain some of that for us? Sure. So one of the big things is that first and foremost, you want the product to actually say that it has CBD in it. Um, this is where a lot of people can be confused because a lot of times people understand that CBD can come from cannabis, can come from hemp. And where the disconnect is, is people may see products out there that say that they're hemp products. But just because a product is a hemp product does not necessarily mean that it contains CBD. And one of the most common examples is you can find a lot of products out there that are, are labeled as hemp products. And the reason why they're hemp products is because they contain hemp seed oil. And so this is oil that gets pressed from the hemp oh, seeds. And this doesn't that. contain CBD. It doesn't contain cannabinoids. And so this is something that people need to be careful about is if you are getting a product, uh, make sure that it actually says that it has CBD and how much CBD it has. The second step of that is to ensure that it actually has that stated amount of CBD. And so any company should be able to provide a COA or a certificate of analysis for each batch of product that's been produced. And the reason why this is important is because there's been numerous studies over the years that have taken a look at what's available on the shelves. Um, and time and time again, it has been shown that a significant number of CBD products out there are mislabeled in the sense that the amount of CBD in the product doesn't actually match what's on the labels. And so to ensure that you are actually getting what you're paying for it is you want to make sure that the company provides a COA for that batch of product that you're purchasing. Typically, you can find this on their websites, but if not, if you contact the company through email or phone, they should be able to provide that for you. And you want to make sure that it's with that particular batch that you're getting and not a different batch because every single batch that's being produced should be tested. So where do they get this COA? Is this something the FDA regulates or is this just a self-regulated industry? Right. So that's the thing is that they're not required to provide any sort of testing for the final product. So that is something to, to watch out for is that you want to go with a product that does provide testing for that final product and for that specific batch. Now, there's no regulation or no requirement for any company to do that. But if a company is going to be reputable and trustworthy, they should be testing every single batch that gets produced and not just testing it for the cannabinoids, but also testing it for things like pesticides, solvents, bacteria, mycotoxins, heavy metals. That way you can make sure that you're getting a safe and clean product consistently. Oh, Sorry, that's very important. I hadn't even thought of that. I, when people ask about catnip brands and things a lot, I say, you know, I really don't care what brand you get, just make sure it's organic because it's a crop like any other people put pesticides on it, insecticides on it. Didn't even think about the cannabis. That's 
So yeah, I hide a Dexter. Sorry to interrupt, but does. Dexter has to make an appearance on every single Dexter thing we do. Dexter always joins us, yes. And you had mentioned terms yesterday, Dr. Shu, like broad spectrum, full spectrum, and isolate. And I've seen these on human products, and I have to admit, I really didn't know what they meant, which is weird because I do a lot of research into this stuff. So can you explain those terms to us? Yeah, sure. So in general, when we're looking at cannabis products, you know, let's just talk about CBD products right now. You generally, the way that you get the CBD is in some form of extract. And that extract is typically categorized into three categories, full spectrum, broad spectrum, and isolate. So on the one hand, we have what's called isolate. And that's what happens is when you, when you refine a product and you extract out one particular element. So if you were to take a cannabis plant or a hemp plant, and then only extract the CBD so that in the end you get a CBD powder. That's what the CBD isolate is. It's 99% CBD, um, doesn't really contain anything else. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, you have what's called a full spectrum extract. And this is getting as many components of the cannabis plant out as possible and getting it into an extract. So typically this doesn't just contain CBD, but a lot of the other cannabinoids in the plant. So usually we'll see things like CBC, CBG, sometimes CBN, and also THC as well. Now, somewhere in the middle is what you have, what's called broad spectrum. And this is what happens when you take that full spectrum extract and you do a process called remediation and you remove the THC from there. Typically, when you remove THC, you remove a lot of other components. Um, so you remove some of the other cannabinoids as well. So you see lower levels of CBD, CBC, CBG, et cetera. And so those are the three broad categories that we have when we're dealing with extracts that come from the cannabis or the hemp plant. Okay. All right. Can I just interject something for those? No, people, he's all mine. I have too many questions. I'm, I'm sorry, actually talking to you because oh. people that don't really listen to us regularly or who have just tuned in for the first or second time, I want you to tell them why you know so much about medical marijuana, because I don't want people to think you're a stoner. Linda right? has a reason for knowing about this. Yes, it's not something I talk about shows. very often. So I started having problems with MS many years ago. And added to that has been chronic fatigue, which the exhaustion is real. It's not a joke. And fibromyalgia, which is very, very painful. And I was on narcotics and they messed up my digestive system. And I was just benzos and just things that I didn't were very scary. But for some reason in my brain, I guess because I was an 80s girl, um, you know, pot is bad. It's drugs. We don't do drugs. And I was raised in a very strict Christian household. And so I wasn't touching that until I got a little desperate enough to to give it a shot. And, and I was very surprised when I walked into the first time to the dispensary because I guess I expected Cheech and Chong and Snoop Dogg to be there smoking and having some fun. And then, you know, it was, it looked like lawyers and, and professional people coming in amidst a few, you know, obvious cancer patients. And there was a, a vet there that had his jacket on and you, you, you know, you just guess there's some PTSD. And, and I was just really impressed with the way it was treated like a medicine and the bud tenders, which is what the staff is called, were not saying, you know, how high do you want to go? Well, do you want to get? No, they were saying, what are your pains? And so then they start explaining how different different things, different pieces and parts can fix certain things. And this one has liminal in it. And I mean, it was a lot and it sent me down a major educational rabbit hole, but I found a way to really help myself without narcotics and things that can cause further damage and not be Snoop Dogg and Cheech and Chong. Not that there's anything wrong with that. You want to go Cheech and Chong, you knock yourself out and have fun. But I have to show up for work, but I need to be able to show up 
for work. So yeah, there's and I appreciate that. Right now, there's little <laughs> there's yes, there's little something, something in me most of the time, and I'm not. Again, yes, you see me. I'm not back there, dude. But you know, it's not that at all. And so that's why then, when all these products for pets started coming out, I was like, we need to find someone who can speak to this because I know how life changing this has been for me, and and I want this for my cats. And something we talked about, you know, most of my male cats that got neutered did not come back with pain meds. I would assume they're in some pain. They just had something lopped off and stitched shut, right? And um, even the females that do, I remember as I'm giving them pills, first couple, no problem. And then I'm thinking. Do you still need this? Are you in pain? And then when that last pain pill hits, it's like, guess you're feeling. Yeah, I guess I only give you like two, <laughs> two or three doses, and then I know. And honey, I I had a hysterectomy, which is the equivalent of being spayed. I'm not gonna say I was spayed. It hurt for a long time. <laughs> I felt really bad, like knocking their beds off. So, do you see this, Doctor Tim, as something? I mean, do you see? that we're going to use a combination of Western medication, because that's me. I'm not, I've not sworn off my Western medication. I no, just no, want to no. stay as holistic as possible. So you see, this is something like, you know, it can't hurt. So why not give them some just to make sure it's okay, that kind of thing? Well, it's really a, the perspective that should be taken is that cannabinoids or cannabinoid therapeutics are an additional tool in the toolkit of the modern physician or the modern doctor. You know, it's, uh, we really shouldn't have this perspective that it's either one or the other, that it's either traditional pharmaceuticals or, or that it's a, you know, it's a, a some sort of a Eastern approach. There are certain situations where, uh, you know, one approach may work better than another. And then there are situations where a combination of the approaches works best. So it also depends on the individual in the situation. Um, you know, there are some individuals that have conditions for which traditional pharmaceuticals can have uh, very harsh side effects in them, and, and it may not work well for their situation. And, you know, cannabis may be very beneficial for them. Uh, so it, it's not one or the other. It really should be an integrative approach and incorporating cannabinoid therapeutics into our body of knowledge and our approach to medicine. I love that. And on that note, let's take a brief break and we'll come right back and continue our discussion with Dr. Hsu. Molly, here's your dinner. <laughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. The Cat Tree Tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your Cat Tree Tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And we're back with 19 Cats and Counting, my awesome co-host and business partner and BFF and work wife, Linda Hall, and Dr. Shu, who is giving us so much information about CBD and THC and how it can actually benefit 
our pets. And it is holistic. Linda? One of the things that we talked about yesterday was every time I go to the doctor and, you know, when you go and the nurse, she runs to your meds, are you still on this? Are you still on this? Are you still on this? You take your multivitamin. I mean, and they cover everything. They even want to know about your multivitamin. So when they're done with the list, I always say I'm also a medical marijuana user. I have my card. And 99% of the time, even high up the up specialists, really? Is it working for you? What do you think of it? <laughs> so Dr. Shu, why do my doctors not know about the benefits of cannabis to the human body? And are we in the same experience as that's typically not understanding the benefits for our animals? Yeah, it's a really interesting situation. So, you know, I talked to graduates, recent graduates. Um, I have friends that are new doctors uh, or nurse practitioners, or, you know, I, I know doctors that are currently in uh, doing their residencies. Uh, I know veterinarians, RVTs, and, you know, I'm always curious. So I always ask, how much did you learn about the endocannabinoid system when you were in school or, or currently in your training? And nine times out of 10, the answer is zero, absolutely nothing. And the thing about that is that we're, we're going to look back at some point in the future and, and realize how shocking and how unfortunate that that is. Um, you know, the, the way that I explain it to people is that the endocannabinoid system is something that's deeply intertwined with all other physiological aspects of our body in animals' bodies too. They have endocannabinoid systems. And this is the equivalent of if you went to your doctor and you asked them about the endocrine system, the system that creates and regulates your hormones, and you asked them about things like testosterone and estrogen, insulin, and things like thyroid hormone. And you ask them about the impact and the role that they have in health and disease and wellness. And the response that you get back is, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know anything about the endocrine system. You know, I don't Run know exactly what hills. hormones are, right? You would find that to be quite frankly appalling because that's, that's a core regimen of any doctor's training is the, is the thorough understanding of the endocrine system, what it does and its, um, its role in health and disease. But what we're seeing is that we have a system that's just as important called the endocannabinoid system. And we've known about it for 30 years. Now, granted, our, our knowledge of it is still still very early stages because you know we've known about all the other systems for a far longer time, but it's not like we don't know anything about it. We know a fair deal about it, but the reality is that it's still not being taught in most medical, most veterinary schools. And when it is, it's very brief. It's very briefly touched on. And the reality is that we, we do the medical profession a huge disservice, but most of all, we do a disservice to the patients that can benefit from this knowledge and information. That's a scary thought, you know, because there are times when our pets are ill or even our people are ill and the doctors just can't seem to pinpoint what it is because they're not looking at that endocannabinoid system. They're not really looking at the total body. Is that correct? Yeah, well, because the endocannabinoid system is is so widely distributed throughout our bodies, and it's uh, one of the biggest things that does is uh, homeostasis, or uh, it has it regulates different systems in our body, so it prevents there from being too much or too little of something. And to assume that it has no role in, in health and disease would be quite silly, you know, because it is so ubiquitous and because it does play so many different functions, it, it certainly absolutely does have some role in, in health and wellness and, and a number of disease processes. So the more that we study it and the more that we understand it, the better off our ability to diagnose and treat patients will be. 
both human and animal. Right. Yeah, yeah. You made you you said two words yesterday when we were talking that I wrote down that really hit unnecessary suffering. And I see this now that I have been turned on to the human use of, of cannabinoids. I see someone who is in pain, someone who's got Parkinson's, whatever, some long lasting chronic thing, and I just think I can help you. I have it, you know. And well, I, look at our parents, kind of, Linda. They both our sets of parents are suffering from joint issues and pain, and oh, you know, exactly. they're, they're all in their eighties. Yes, and you think I can help, you know? But we don't know all about. And then I've kind of made a joke out of searching conditions like some, you know, can cannabis help diabetes? Can cannabis help somebody? It's always the other yes. Day, somebody had gout, and I looked to see if it could help gout, and, and in some way, shape, or form, whether it's just taking down the inflammation, taking the edge off the pain, whatever, it helps with everything. I've yet to find something it doesn't help with. True. So we can assume that the same is, or we, I would assume that the same is um, transferable to our animals. That so many things are rooted in anxiety, inflammation, you know, or they're they're not functioning well because of pain, whatever. That we could help with with cannabinoids. Well, I, I do want to dial it back a little bit um, because that that is something that is commonly uh, that, I, that I do commonly hear is that people want cannabis to be able to help with anything and everything, and we do know that it is very good for a, a number of things. But the to say that it can help with anything and everything is uh, overstating it. Is does get into a little bit of dangerous territory, but. What I will say is that the because the endocannabinoid system is so deeply intertwined with all other physiological aspects of our body, there is a good chance that the endocannabinoid system does play a role in a lot of disease conditions. You know, we haven't elucidated fully what that role is, but because the endocannabinoid system likely plays a role in a lot of disease conditions, there is potential for future therapeutics to target the endocannabinoid system to be able to improve those conditions. I know we could talk to you forever about this and we're probably just about out of time. I know. I would love to- I'm not done with my- <laughs> I know. We'll have to have you back. We're not quite out of time yet, but I, I just wanted to make sure I asked this question. Dr. Shu, where can people go to find out more information and to learn information that's true, not just these wild claims you see on some of the products out there? Yeah. Are you talking about like in terms of uh, research that's been done? Well, that and things that will, you know, somebody who may be a little hesitant to try CBD or something like that, where people can really learn about what it does and what it doesn't do. Yeah, I mean, they, they can always reach out to us. Um, we're more than happy to, to help guide them in their journey and provide them factual and scientific information. What's your website? So they can visit vetcbdhemp.com. Okay. And we have a uh, RVT, uh, which is a registered veterinary technician. It's the veterinary equivalent of uh, an RN on the human side of things. And she uh, handles all our emails and our phone calls. So, um, you know, anyone that has questions uh, is able to speak to an RVT who is experienced in both the veterinary field in practice and also in the cannabis industry as well. Nice. Uh, because we want to be able to provide information that is scientific and factual. Exactly. Thank you for providing that. That's amazing because, yeah, you ju just as in being human and where do you start? There are so many products, so many. I still don't know what some of those things are, shatter and butter, and I don't know. But
But, you know, when it comes to pets, I asked them my dispensary questions about some of their pet products, and they really aren't trained in it. They're so knowledgeable for humans, but they really aren't trained in it. So that gives us somewhere to go to get specific information on what to use and dosages and things and purity and and things can be purchased off that website as well and you give specific like dosage instructions and things that you recommend correct correct yeah and, and for any veterinary professionals that are listening if they're interested in continuing education credits uh, we do provide a one and a half hour webinar that talks about the endocannabinoid system and cannabinoid therapeutics so that way they can get a primer on that can we take that too? We're not sure. best, but we're behaviorists <laughs> and we are always looking for good DE credits. Yes, yes. We like to refer people. We get a lot of people with these issues and we like to refer them to companies we can trust. And so far we have a list of maybe four products that we really use and trust and, and are comfortable recommending to others. And I've always been comfortable recommending CBD, but I've never really had a lot of information on it. And and I did learn quickly from Dr. Shu that everything that I read about THC being toxic to animals is wrong. I have an entire article to redo, which I'm probably going to be quoting Dr. I'm Shu so glad I didn't publish it. Something told me, wait, wait, wait. I have two because I would have looked like a big old liar, but it's all about dosage and amounts and, and getting the, the correct recipe, right? Right, exactly. There's this been this notion that THC is is somehow toxic and or poisonous. And that's not true. That's not correct. THC absolutely has medicinal benefits. It can be used in, in a medicinal setting. And it has been used in, medicinally in humans for quite some time. In fact, uh, you know, there are certain uh, FDA approved versions of THC that have been available for human prescription for decades now, because uh, we, we do know that um, THC has been shown to help with things like pain, nausea, appetite loss, um, and potentially a, a number of other benefits as well. And the thing that's important to keep in mind is that the amount utilized is everything, right? Because by the analogy that I give is that, you know, there are things that we don't think that could be harmful, but in the wrong amount, absolutely could be. Right. And so when we think about salt, if you take in too much salt, um, that's not healthy for you. And you can actually drink too much water and cause a, a condition called hyponatremia that it could actually be life threatening. People don't know, but people have actually have died from drinking too much water. Right. That's not to say that you shouldn't drink water. Of course, you need water to live and survive. But, you know, other things like uh, oxygen, you know, the air that we breathe is not 100% pure oxygen. And in fact, uh, even if you were breathing 100% pure oxygen, you cannot breathe that for a sustained period of time. Otherwise, you get oxygen toxicity. So it really is about the amount that's being utilized for therapeutic benefits. This is right. so interesting. And I would love to have you back on the show again in the future. I'm hoping by the time we open our cat cafe, one day that this has been being used more readily with our animals and we'll be able to maybe offer that in our cafe. That's our yes. dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's our dream. And there's so many things. I mean, I, I guarantee you, somebody said like what, 99% of cats that are over age 10, you will find arthritis in there. Sure. I've got two 15 year olds who show no sign of pain, but I can pretty much guarantee you they've got arthritis. So these would be things that I could be giving them safely 
to help mitigate their pain and, and make them happier. With the I have six blood. cats that are over 10 and two that are 16 years old. I'm sure they have some degree of pain. And but anyway, we have to wrap this up. Okay. Linda, as always, thank you for being my awesome co-host and best friend. My honor. And my Dr. Shu, I can't thank you enough for coming on and enlightening us with all this great information. Um, Linda and I will definitely want to take that course and learn as much as we can. Uh, we want to know as much as we can to help the cats that, that are in our care via their clients. Any last words you want to make sure that everybody um, thinks about before I sign us off, Dr. Shu? Yeah, this is uh, it, it's an exciting time to be in because you know our in terms of our understanding of the endocannabinoid system and where we're at with cannabinoid therapeutics, we're we're just scratching the surface. This is the tip of a very large iceberg, one that is going to change the way that we understand and approach medicine and health and wellness. Um, so it's an exciting journey to be on. So I really appreciate uh, both of you having me on today. Well, we love that you came. Oh, we I'm so excited. You. This is, we've been looking for you for many, probably a year now, right? Oh, it's yeah. been a while. Probably. It's been a while. So and, yeah, I'm so glad we found you. And I'd like to also thank Mark Winter, our awesome producer, who gave us a spot on Pet Life Radio. And don't forget, if you're having any kind of behavior issues with your kitties, please visit us at catbehavioralliance.com. We have plenty that we've written about in our blogs and newsletters. And you can also book a private consultation with, you get two for the price of one, Linda and I together. Anyway, yes. everybody take care and we will have Dr. Shu on again in the future. And don't forget, every day is Catterday. Bye everybody. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.